All right. All right. All right. All right. It's a podcast after the gig. I'm Jesse. You already know this stuff. Uh, before we get into it today, um, I just wanted to say that my sister is going to be running, uh, is doing a fundraiser for the Chicago Marathon, uh, which she is going to be running in. And um, she is running for the uh, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, which is something I suffer from. I suffer from Crohn's disease. Um a lot of you already know that, but she's looking for donations, and I think she's like, I don't know, maybe maybe halfway to her goal. Let's see. I'm on it right now because I am currently, <clears throat> I am doing a donation right now as we speak. Oh, it already knows my visa. That's creepy. All right. Well, that makes it quicker. So, um... If you go on to her Facebook page, Louise Humphrey, um, or no, not Louise Humphrey, Louise Aruda, that's her, that's her name now. Um, I, I'm so bad when it comes to people's, uh, married names. I still think of my wife as, uh, as her, her maiden name, but, um, let's see here. Oh, security code probably shouldn't be doing this probably unprofessional to do this on my podcast but oh my god stop asking me all these questions dude man it takes a lot to give a donation all right so here we go i just donated right there sorry scott i have to call you back um just donated it's easy as that go on facebook you could donate help her out um she's committing she i mean you know she has like shin splints and stuff like it's crazy she goes through a lot um to do these things and she trains and she works really hard and i'm very proud of her for um for going in and uh running for this cause which means a lot to me so um i'm gonna actually invite i'll share it cool that's done. Yeah, she's pretty far, pretty far from the, from, um, for her goal. It probably, she's, she's, she's getting there. Um, so that's that. That's one thing. Now back to the podcast. Um, I am really happy to be doing this. Um, I recently got a pretty negative comment on, uh, which I, you know, I shouldn't care too much about. I probably shouldn't even talk about it, but, um, a lot of these conversations, um, you know, if you don't understand the, uh, the, the rapport I have with a lot of my friends on this show, the, who I've spent lots of time with and who I know most very well, um, if you don't understand that, I mean, it's hard. I just find it so hard uh, to believe that someone would be offended over some of the things that I say on here. But, um, you know, not everyone's going to like my opinion. Not everyone's going to like the way that I talk. Not everyone's going to like what I have to say or find it interesting or whatever. But most of these are not opinions. Most of this these things and these things that we talk about are based off of years and years of experience and years and years of friendships and, and knowing the in and outs of the music industry. And I just find it kind of ridiculous that, um, 
someone would, someone who isn't, doesn't have that experience, who could have easily sent an email or uh, who I, who I know who like, you know, it's just kind of crazy that they would put in a public format um, saying negative things about me and trying to make it people think that I made my guests uncomfortable for whatever reason, which I didn't, which I got confirmation. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, it just kind of bummed me out for the last couple of days. Um, which I think was the purpose of it, which I think was, uh, just meant to be harmful, which is, which was just kind of ridiculous. Someone that, uh, had no business speaking about a relationship that they know nothing about. So, um, just kind of bugged me and I just wanted to get it off my chest, um, that I do my best, do the best I can. I'm not a professional interviewer, um, nor do I ever claim to be, but I do have a lot of experience and, um, I know what I'm talking about <laughs> for the for most of the time. So if you're into that, listen, if you're not, and you're going to try to police me on, uh, not being a great interviewer or trying to think that you know more about my relationship with a friend of mine than, than me, then don't listen. Then you shouldn't be listening. Uh, so that's fine. Anyway, just wanted to get that off my chest, um, because, uh, it bummed me out and I wanted to, this is kind of my, my journal, my, uh, my live journal here where I can talk to you guys and you guys can participate. You can email me, um, say whatever you want. And a lot of you do, and I appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to follow my, uh, my, uh, wife's advice and try not to let those things bother me, which they do sometimes they kind of stick with me. But when something's so ridiculous, it's just, it just, it's kind of, it's just stupid. It's just so dumb. Anyway, just getting those couple things off my chest. So, um, who we got? We got Dean. We got Dean. <laughs> Aunt it's, um, so Dean from Red Wanting Blue, he is on, uh, he's on the show today. One of my favorite drummers of all time. One of my, uh, like, he's my dude. Love this guy. We got to spend a lot of time together on the rock boat. Got to do this conversation, I think, on the first night. I wish we did like a first and last night just to kind of recap some of the things that we saw and and some of the fun times that we had. But um, Dean's on the show today and uh, love talking with him about drums, about records, about playing to the click track, about um, Brian Wilson, so many great things in this episode, and uh, we're just going to get right to it. So here we go. Here's the episode of After the Gig with my buddy, Dean Anches. The greatest conversation that I'll ever have in my whole life. I'm about to have it with you. With you. The very best breath that these lungs will ever take in. I'm about to breathe in with you But we both know that things are gonna change Yeah, but we're still smiling the same Cause we both know this is not the beginning This is the end 
is the end. All right, after the gig. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Oh, yeah. Shoes off. Shoes off and everything. Dude, these are... Oh, those dogs are woofing. Dogs are woofing. Is this happening right now? Yeah, it's on. That's what everybody asks. Yeah. Yeah, you just you fell, in, you you fell nailed, into it. Nailed it. You nailed it. <clears throat> um, this is... This has been a while. I feel like this is the most like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you start it. You start. Me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> We're on the rock boat. Well, you want this, you wanted it to be, this is the first rock boat interview, and you wanted this to be a drum, a drum podcast. Yeah. About drums. Yeah, why not? All right. Because I feel like you and I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know you that well, but I feel like we're not like drummer drummers. We're what do you like, mean by that? We're like drummers that serve the song drummers. Like, yeah, I'm not like a, a like I really don't know that we've even talked about gear. Nope, probably. I not. mean, maybe like oh, I try this beater or something, but it's like, I feel like it's pretty like organic. Like, I'm not talking about drums. Like, dude, check out the new, blah 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 that came out, and I'm all psyched about it. It's just you know, like what do you use for what you're doing and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I well, when I look at you and when you play, don't wink at me, please. <laughs> <laughs> when no, but seriously, in all seriousness, when I, in all seriousness, <laughs> when I look at you and and you play, like you have a million things going on at once. So it's like it's a lot. When why do you do that? It's a magic trick, man. <laughs> Time is terrible, and I'm just distracting you with the the schwiz. No, but you have you like you find a lot of interesting sounds yeah. when you're playing. So, which I think serves the music even better. Like when I my approach to to that kind of thing is like is I'd say it's more of a like a stale kind of just use what you have approach. Um, not stale. That's a bad word to use. But like like I'm using more traditionally like hi-hat snare yeah. toms or whatever you have tons of shakers tons of like different things up there that create like a lot of different palettes and you can create and come up with a lot of different sounds which i think is really cool and interesting yeah i, mean, I know I, you're, I know you're john's favorite drummer to watch so he's he said that i don't know it. if he said that on the podcast but he's definitely said it to me that's sweet that's very nice so um yeah i don't know i i Studied orchestral music, and that's still a great love of mine. Um, and sounds and textures and stuff that come from that are super important. Um, I think that like is a large reason why I do what I do with the shakers and the, the sounds. And um, I don't know. I guess it's just like that thing of like, oh, why are you doing that when you could do this and use more shakers or more sounds and not just play the hi-hat mm -hmm. because it's boring to me kind of like yeah. in in our music and, and i think red wedding blue from from the beginning like i joined up <clears throat> the band was obviously established and uh there was a lot of songs that are on the simpler side but it's like that was my way of like filling out the sound of like to me like adding a tambourine in the chorus is like the greatest yeah. thing ever you know when you're doing overdubs it's like that's better than anything it, it like lifts it to the new level do you feel like if you're going into a song and you're like gonna play the chorus live with just a tambourine 
do you feel like you're losing losing ground without playing the ride or without um, having the other textures in there and only having the tambourine texture? Yeah, I mean, I guess to me personally, no. But that being said, my the one thing I've wanted to do so many times is like go and watch a show of yeah. ours with me playing it. You can never do it. Yes, You'll you never, never really know. Do you um, listen back to to like game tape to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not often, but we do record shows, and I listen back to a lot of different stuff that I do. Um, I've always had this like thing that when I'm having the perfect show, it's like I can lift up above myself and watch myself mm-hmm. playing, like mm-hmm. in a way of like you're not thinking, but you're thinking, and you're not zoned out, but you're you know it's like you're right in the perfect spot. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we all try to get to that spot. Yeah, like the like the flow state of drums. Yeah, and I also, <clears> but <throat> getting back to what you asked, you know, the band is used to me just like picking up a shaker instead of whatever now so i think the idea of me like filling a sound or them filling up the sound that i was taking Mm -hmm. with a ride because it's like yeah that can lift but if it's a washy ride maybe it's too much and we're in a small room and a lot of times it comes from like this is what i do live like in a small room and then the next night we're playing a big room it's like well how do you cross that bridge of like in the big room you're gonna have overheads that sound great in the small room the overheads are going to be just for our ears yep but you don't want to overpower with a ride. Right. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it, it works out. And if it's different, that's cool. You yeah. Know, like, leave it go. I feel mm. like that's my biggest struggle is is the ride and being in a small room or a big room and knowing when to, like, dial back what I would normally do. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to play the song and trying to, like, serve the song and everything. But how you described being, like, above yourself and watching yourself I kind of feel that way about uh, creating like this bed of of sound, like mm-hmm. a nice wash of sound. Yep. So I get nervous when when there isn't any like filling up keypad, yeah, like yeah, yeah, pad yeah. happening, or like a like a nice bed of guitar. Like I just love that like lushness, mm-hmm. even with vocals and stuff and everything. Sure. And it's like to grab to grab a a tambourine i think i think it's like i think it's like really brave to do and it's so interesting and it works for you guys because you guys have you have the keys happening you have all these like parts and these really cool like counterpoint things i was noticing when you guys were playing the other day that mark was doing this line that was like going up and then eric was doing the opposite going Mm -hmm. down and it's like really really interesting well thought out intricate parts yeah, some cool. of them are. Yeah. I mean, I think everything we've um, done recently has been really thought out, like yeah. you said. I think, and then a lot of stuff we've done before is like reinventing what we've already done. I don't know if you do that with Carbon Leaf, but. Yeah, a little we, bit. If we, I, th- I think I've already noticed it with, I can't like pinpoint it, but I know there's certain songs where I'm like, oh, they used to never do that, or they kind of did away with this. Yeah. And it's kind of a new version of it. Um, yeah. I tried to stay pretty true to a lot of those things that, that Jason did because I liked um, I liked how he played. You know, mm-hmm. he was a really good drummer. And, mm-hmm. and uh, just watching the YouTube videos, I'm like, okay, well, if people have been used to that for 10 years or whatever, I'm, I'm not going to like completely go away from it. If there's something I want to change, I'll start there and then slowly creep to where I want it would rather sure. have it be yeah um did you have to change a bunch of those parts 
when you joined Red Wanting Blue, or was it like were those songs kind of orchestrated that way when they were recorded? No, like when yeah. Did, like when did you join? First of all, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. So it's been a while. Yeah, just okay. a little over ten years now. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of them. I guess I changed. Yeah, I mean, I guess the whole band changed them because it was like, oh, this is still a good song, but it's like the band's been around for a long time. So yeah. this song, it kind of has a 90s vibe and nobody, you know, unless you're still going for that, like mm-hmm. nobody wants that. So right. like the band would change things as well. It's like anything you do that pinpoints a, a time that you're in is right. pretty much sound terrible <laughs> yeah. in 10 years, you know? Yeah. Because then so, you put a box on, on what you're doing and a lot of it has to do with guitar sounds. and Of course, yeah, you yeah. Know, all so, that stuff. So yeah, we went through a lot of time of, of trying to like still do the old stuff, but um, kind of like work it up. And certain times it gets to a point where you're like, man, what are we trying to do here? We're like trying to redo a, a song that's a classic to someone. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. You know, right. it's like you have to completely do something different or um, stay true to it. Um, right. So kind of like in the middle zone just is like, well, you just made a... a crummier version of a song that (laughs) we didn't want to play in the first place right yeah we don't really play a whole lot of the older stuff and i think the stuff that we do is kind of molded into a a new version but yeah you guys have a great a great set like it's it has nice energy all the way through um when you like so the the orchestral orchestral stuff um when like were your parents into that kind of thing? Because it's not very often this day and age to have somebody that's like so into old stuff <laughs> like you are. <laughs> yeah. So like it's I don't how do you do it? Like do you just scour do you scour Craigslist all the time? Go to auctions and find Yeah. Like yeah. What, my, where did this come from? My girlfriend does a lot of the, the auction stuff, so we go do that and I find old stuff. Um I don't know, man. It's just I guess I like maybe this is the inner hipster in me, but I'm like just trying to do things a different route a is little bit. Is that something you did when you were a kid? Like from I think I always kind of did. Like I think I was always doing stuff that was kinda like why don't I just do it this way a little bit different and it's mm-hmm. not super like I I think I was doing things that other people were doing it's not like it was I was like reinventing the wheel or something yeah but, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know the old stuff it just has such a sound I remember like two three years ago we did Kayamo here and I went out to an island and like found a, a bunch of shaker like like the big pod things mm-hmm. I was just so psyched about it and then that's all over a new record like because it's a new sound to me and, yeah. and new sounds to me are like so amazing you know yeah. it's like it pains me to go to guitar center and buy a shaker that everyone has like right even the yellow maraca lp shakers i have are like mixed with another minor softer shaker to give it just a slightly different some sound. some little different <clears throat> touch yeah yeah and uh i'm yeah. so guilty of that of just going i need a shaker I go that's to guitar great center i mean it's still yeah it's still great it's just like i have so i probably have 75 shakers like yeah it's insane it's like a disease a little bit but it just um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just love old stuff. I have, yeah. a, I have a tambourine that I'm pretty sure is from like the 1800s. What? And it's the be- it's the best chorus tambourine. It's super dark, really heavy. I used to play Wood? with it live. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. huge. It's probably like 14 inches, tw- maybe maybe 12, but it's humongous. Sounds so good. Got at an auction or at a flea market for five bucks. It's like the greatest day of my life. So good. 
That's the greatest day of my this life. This is the greatest day of my life. Buying a tambourine for five bucks. Found a tambourine from the 1800s for five bucks <laughs> at a flea market. Yeah. Greatest day ever. Yeah. Man, you and I have such different different views on that. When I see old stuff, I'm like, that's old shit. Yeah. Um, gross. Yeah. That's going to break. It looks broken. But like... I don't know. You've inspired me to like really try to go out and find some cool stuff because I guess my parents had, well, my dad had like a bunch of old shakers and stuff like things that you just, they found at, at estate sales or, or, um, flea markets that they just kind of put in a basket and play with when you're a kid. And Mm -hmm. so I had so much of that stuff, but somehow along the line, it just kind of went away. Yeah. It's so inspiring to me. It's just like, like that shaker you used on use on uh on um what's the song they play block of wood oh yeah it's awesome yeah little wicker boy and it's like perfect for that for that setting Mm -hmm. well that's the thing i hate being like oh do you have this and if i said no i just kill myself that'd be it if i don't have like i can't I not have my, own, my balcony i can't have water i mean yeah my, my buddy bob young he's he we share our drum space together and there's times where he's like dude you can borrow this and it's like i maybe i will for one time but then i have to buy something it's just i can't ever yeah. not have it and like i do a lot of recording in my studio and so having the right shaker for every application is like super important because i yeah. think it makes so much of a difference it really know? does it um, really does. How long have you had that that space? Maybe two years now. Okay, ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it's great? Is that something you've always wanted, or were yeah. you just like your place was not working anymore, or you couldn't play at your place or something? No, I mean it's always you know I can always get away and do something, but it's just nice. I've always wanted to have a place where I could go and get away and work, no matter where it is, like in Columbus, Youngstown, whatever. It's like great to like leave work leave come home like just yeah. a different thing so it's not you're not going downstairs or wherever it is your little room and and i think that would there's also times where i'm like oh maybe i could have that there as well mm-hmm. but it's super nice to just go away have your spot and then leave it it's so e- it's so easy to get distracted if you're doing things from home <clears throat> yeah i'm so guilty of it mm-hmm. like i'll be working on this or editing or something and then <clears throat> and then i'll pop on the tv and i love video games yeah so i'll just like put something on and then there goes two hours right right. you know it's just you'll never get it back yeah <laughs> so it's two hours that you could have been you know searching for that perfect sound or like working on something creative or productive yeah so the, what i think like time for me is I've, I've luckily been very busy as of the last couple of years with some other freelance touring and just working with some other friends that like the the schedules have worked out where i can i can do both um but ever since college, I studied uh, music performance, and it was like you had to practice three hours three hours a day. That was mandatory. Where'd you go to college? Just Youngstown State. Okay. Um, and uh, it was mandatory that you practice three hours a day. <clears throat> I mean, who's doing that? I don't know, but I was every single day. We had a sign up chart, and it's like I would have blocks of six hours in one room, and it's like you're sweaty and practicing the triple bounce roll for four hours, and it's like the greatest. I would do anything to go back and do that. Um, but yeah, I would practice so much. And so every day, and it's, you know, kind of Youngstown was the way where if you were good at something, they would just pile more on. Like, oh, you're good. Here's more stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. do, join this ensemble. Oh, do this. Oh, pick up this. And and so just working um, nonstop kind of like 
gave me that work ethic of like, if I'm not doing something productive or making money or whatever, it's like, I lose my mind. I'm yeah. Like, and it's like past 10 o'clock, that's when I can like do something else. Yeah. Um, How then, big was, was the, um, the music department at your it's school? It's pretty big. Yeah. It was big. It, yeah. It's a music lot of education, but also performance. Yeah. I think when I was there, there was 25, 30 percussionists and it kind of dwindles down to like 20 ish by halfway through the semester when certain people are like, Oh man, I can't handle this. Cause it, it was a total percussion school. So you had to learn marimba, vibraphone, really? um, symphony, hand percussion, everything. And kind of had to like, if you were really good at drum set, you probably weren't going to play much drum set. So like, interesting. You, you might be in the jazz band doing that, but your lessons are going to be focused on like, you're going to find your weakness yeah, and work on that. Interesting. Yeah. Which was Berkeley frustrating. Was almost exactly <clears throat> the opposite. Oh, wow. Exactly the opposite. Oh, right. Cause they have, they're kind of like, Oh, what are you good at? Let's like keep doing that. Like, yes. Let's, let's harness that. And, well, yeah. because if you were a drum set player, you went in as a, as a drum set yeah. player, like you didn't go and, and do like, you know, marimba or, or whatever, which is right. kind of bullshit. Yeah. And I bet, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a performance major. I was, I was a business management major, which okay. was probably a mistake. I probably should have done, um, uh, general music, which is just like a bunch of different, you know, you, you kind of study everything differently because mm-hmm. you get a bachelor in music at the end of, at the end right. of it, um, <clears throat> which is a little deceiving, but I just, uh, I really wish I got more into that. And I took like a piano for percussionist class, which was nice. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like as far as it got to that end of things. Yeah. And it was like one class, you know, over four years. So, right. I'm kind of bummed that it wasn't it wasn't like that. But. I could only go back. But man, twenty. I wish there was twenty percussionists. Yeah, I wish. What, was there a lot more or less? Hundreds. Oh wow, hundreds. It's crazy. It's just too much. It's too yeah. many. They find like the f- seven to ten people that they like the most that do everything. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like you in college. I wasn't like super focused. Mm-hmm. So I was not practicing three time, three hours a day. I was, yeah. you know, I've never gotten to, yeah. to talk about this before, but yeah, yeah, I practice so much. Like I should probably be better than I am because I practice so much. But I practice so much others. I didn't play hardly any drum set. I did. Uh, I finally got around to playing drum set in the junior year. I like did a Frank Zappa recital. Really, where I just played Zappa music. Then the same in my senior year, the one of the professors was like, oh man, you're, you like Zappa. I'm going to start a Zappa band. So it was like a credit and it was in a Zappa band. Best, best ever. But for the most part, I was like marching band guy, marimba, and then just like ensemble player. But I was practicing so much, just so much, six, seven, eight hours a day. Like unreal amounts of practice. And you get to that point where you're practicing so much that you're probably four of those hours are just not, nothing's happening because you're like, like practicing, but you're just not smart practicing. Now I feel like I can practice in two hours what I did in four at school. Anyway, so this one night I'm practicing and I had all this stuff to do. I had junior recital coming up and all this stuff. And I was just popping caffeine pills, trying to stay awake. Because I I was studying, like I'd start studying at midnight. Yeah. Drinking, I didn't drink coffee yet. So I was drinking, chugging a two liter of Mountain Dew, popping caffeine pills. And at one point, I was standing. Dead. I was standing on the third floor of the practice rooms. I was standing at the top ledge, looking down at the stairs, and I was gonna just 
fall because it, like it was one of those things where I had so much stuff to do. And then the next day I had this big rehearsal for this wind ensemble piece I got put on where it's a big marimba part that's ridiculous. No one should ever have to play it. And I had to learn it. And I'm like, literally standing there, like if I fall, I can break my arm. If I break my arm, I don't have to go to rehearsal tomorrow. That was my thought process. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then the next morning, I was like literally sleeping underneath the marimba in like this little like breezeway out because you you have to take that thing different places to practice yeah, yeah, if yeah. other people were in the room. So I was in this breezeway, and the, and the theory professor came in, Doctor Perkins, and like kicked me and was like, "Dean, you gotta you gotta get up. It's time for school." And it was like seven thirty, Mountain Dew, caffeine pills everywhere, and I'm just like. What what's going on here? Like that was ridiculous, <laughs> but at the same time, it's amazing. Like, when do you get to do that? Like, yeah, terrible I, for my body. I guess so. I mean, that sounds like way too oh, much. I love it. I love it. It's oh man, great. That's I mean, great. it's terrible. Are you great. like that in any other aspect of your life, or is it just record collecting? Okay. I can't let my girlfriend know this, but I put a couple high bids on on stuff. It's ending. <laughs> How high? What do you oh, or what is it? What are you bidding on? It's it's uh, some private press. It's records that are put out in small batches back in the seventies, sixties, okay. whenever actually. What what else is special? Is it just that it's from they're, Youngstown? They're just rare from yep, Youngstown. Very rare from Youngstown. Okay. This one sells for three fifty, four hundred bucks. I put a little one fifty in there. That's how that's how much these things. Yeah, why go not? For? You put yeah. a one fifty, and you think you're yeah. going to get it? I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. What else you got? What what other rare stuff do you have? A lot of rare records. Yeah. When did you start your collection? Um, I've, I've I've been collecting records since like middle school. I got a little player, and I was like super stoked on Slim Whitman. Um, Don't like hold back guy. on me. What's the cool shit you have? I mean, I, I love. I have a lot of Slim Whitman. I I you know I had a lot of quantity for a while, but now I'm I'm back to quality. My buddy uh, Todd uh, Kerstetter. Uh, on the boat, he kind of got me into this high dollar collecting where it's like you get into these records worth a lot of money. Okay. And there's good funk you sound records. Like Carter right now with guitars oh, and, yeah, and pedals yeah. and shit. But his are like, <clears throat> that's like more, I feel like people are like, oh, I get it. You're a guitar player. This is like just records that some of them are bad, but they're rare. You're an audiophile. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Definitely. <laughs> if you're putting in a hundred, no one puts in $150 bids on a record. Yeah, you're right. I mean, people do. Lots of them. The guy that's gonna Lots. the guy that puts one fifty one is gonna beat me. I know, but compared to all the people, that's not a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. I hope you get it. I I, uh, do too. I don't have a record player currently, oh, but I have a bunch of records. But hear me out. I'm okay. I'm waiting for the right one. It's good. You know, I want to go. I want to go to like yard sale, estate sale, mm -hmm. some kind. You know, something. And I want to get a good. I like. I feel like in the Northeast, everybody is kind of takes advantage of everything prices everything way too oh, high. Oh yeah, of course. Any and big city, yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's like I hear stories from you yep. from from all kinds of people like out of the Midwest and like I got this. Um, this is a stupid accent. <laughs> <laughs> I got this I, thing. I got this oh, uh, tractor for 3 3 bucks. For $3. <laughs> great. Works great. Um now they're like I got this uh this Fender Rhodes or this Whirly yeah, yeah. for like for two hundred dollars, dude, I got a Farfisa Fast Five Compact for seventy five bucks. What? It's great! It comes with the cases. Oh man, I do actually know a couple people that got that got Whirlies for like free. That's that's ridiculous. You know, it's like somebody are... somebody was just cleaning out the house, didn't know what it was. Yeah, 
taking up space. You want this? You play. Here, just take yeah. it. Please take Same it. Same as a piano to them. Somebody got a B3 with a full-size Leslie like that. Paid nothing for it. I that I perfect, can see perfect I can see that though cuz that that that's a big boy. Yeah, if you come and pick it up. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what it is or mm-hmm. you know what you have. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I I really want to get a good record player. I want a spot in my my place where it's all set up where I can just take out what I want to listen to and bam. Yeah. You know. I think this is all coming back. I mean, it's making sense where this private press stuff is kind of weird oddball stuff that's been put yeah. out. And it's kind of like the percussion where it's like, oh, it's a new sound. It's not the straight up like thing that everybody knows. It's not like the the blue blue note recordings you got to have. It's like this weird right. Like this record Peaceful by Dick McGarvin. He's a drummer and the picture on the back is him playing drums. But it's like he's barely even playing drums on the record. It's great. It's so good. Really? It's great. What's I got he, it in my room. Play? We'll listen to it later. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I um yeah, some sometimes I really feel like I'm I'm missing out on a lot of really great music. We all are, man. There's so much out there. I remember the first time I heard D'Angelo. And I it was good. <laughs> it's great. I had a great time. It, heard, wait, I heard D'Ang- Spanish joint. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Like the dude without How the shirt. Does it pay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did the roots play on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was I was uh thinking somebody else for a second, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just using that as, as an example. Yeah, yeah. But the first time I heard, like, you know, Al Green or, mm-hmm. or anything, Earth and, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I just haven't had many of those moments lately because I'm not, I feel like I'm not exploring enough. Well, that's that's a good thing about records. You can buy anything, just, oh, the cover looks good and whatever for a couple bucks, put it on, and you're like, what? Yeah. What? This I got is a, crazy. I got a Roberta Flack record like yeah, that. great. And I put it on, and I was like, holy fuck it's a reason it's good yeah 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 so i mean i think that's important i think it's something i should really start because i mean i just i want to learn more i want to like Always, i want to get more in there you know i feel like i feel like i'm just leaving a lot on the table there's always stuff to learn the yeah. biggest thing is wanting to learn when did you start playing in like bands and stuff and kind of moving from orchestral and applying it to drum set? And I, I always did. Like that was before all that. I mean, I was in high school band, but I, my brother was in a band Carpe Diem back in the day. And I would sit next to the drummer with a bunch of like, you know, kitchen stools and stuff and play next to him, like mm. mimicking, mimicking him. And then at one point, my parents said, like, oh, hey, Dean, come in here to the kitchen. And I came in, and they were like, do you, got, do you want braces, or do you want a drum set? And I was like, oh, I want a drum set. I think I told you guys this. <laughs> yeah, you told me the I'm currently day. wearing Invisalign on my teeth because of that decision, Yeah. now that I'm 33 years old. But, uh, yeah, um, so I was always, I was in a band with my brother called Tin Pan. Oh, we were so good. Best, best band. <laughs> <laughs> well or something um and so in that band and so i was even in bands through college um yeah i've always kind of been in bands and like trying to meld those two worlds like and i still play orchestral gigs i'm playing a musical right when i get back well in uh, a little bit later but yeah musical i love that kind of stuff it's so mm-hmm. fun yeah do you, a, you read a lot strong uh, music reader. yeah definitely not a strong reader that's probably my weakest thing really? i can read it i'm just not very quick and that was one of the things that I was like terrible at in school was yeah. the sight reading. It's it's hard. I was really bad at it too. Yeah. <clears throat> and I didn't get a whole lot of practice because the ensembles I played in were like, you know, 
tower power ensemble. Like mm. you're just listening and, yeah. and you hear it and you feel it. And I just kind of like relied on my ear a yeah. lot. And you know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff kind of fell by the wayside, but I was going somewhere with that. I can't remember. Let's talk about you for a second. Bad coffee. We we're on the rock boat. We're on the rock boat. Um, Jesse and I have played shows from for about a week now. We did six shows together. Yep. Right? <clears throat> six? Five. Five shows together. Yeah. Might That's, as well be six. Might as we, well. Why not? We basically just did the same thing, but you guys didn't get to play a set. You're right. Which um, is unfortunate. And it was great watching every night. Did I love your playing. Right I, I watched you. you with Steven a long, I think maybe two years ago. Is that when you were on the rock boat with Steven? Yep. Three? Two years ago or two and a half. I can't remember. Yeah. Two years ago on the rock boat with Steven. And, um, I did a Fakino super jam with, uh, I think I played like sissy strut <laughs> on the pool deck right. and Carter was playing guitar mm-hmm. and, uh, and, Oh wow. This is a story happening. Yeah. I wow, guess. I just set you up. What's you up? You set me up. Um, yeah, I mean, I was playing I was playing on the boat. I didn't really know anybody. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, I'll say that this experience on this boat is already completely different than mm-hmm. my first one because, you know, I'm walking around. People you know are people. saying hello. Yeah, yeah. They know me. It's like, it's nice. It's, it's nice. Great. Yeah. Um, but that boat, I was like kind of in my room a lot and just walking around and getting really drunk and going to headphone disco and by myself until Man, like three in the morning. I, th- I think, do you remember doing, I think Wild Adriatic had a two drum set jam happening. Yeah, I remember that. I think I remember you being there and I think I thought you were a jerk. I hadn't talked to you yet. You may have been drunk. I don't know. I was definitely drunk. Okay, go ahead. But I, I, I kind of read- a jerk. Yeah, because I was like, I think we were playing, and it was like, we were all sp- kind of switching out, and I was like, this guy's on the drum set still, and I like played for like, only like a second on the other one. You and know you know what? I f- and then you got up, and I went right to the to the drum set, <laughs> yeah. the other drum set. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was kind of a jerky move. No, no, but it wasn't really, because I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I'm like standoffish in general, like I'm not trying to like... Yeah, yeah. And I don't really have much to show like in those situations of yeah. like let me like jam out the zeppelin too. like i'm not so yeah. but but i remember being like because i really 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 liked your show in the stardust with steven where i was like who's this guy he like sings like a like a cockatoo or like a angel or something <laughs> he's like you're great voice thank you thank like you. definitely hold your own in that that uh aspect and like and then the playing and that this is just <clears> such like a that's huge. It, it's it's yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. And I will say that that moment on the the pool deck when that happened, that was like my only opportunity to get anybody there to know who I was I or gotcha. like what I could do. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, do, I think I it lasted. Admit it, yeah. I think it lasted for like ten seconds because then next time I met you, it was. It was well, I guess it was maybe a year later you came to our show in Boston yep. at City Winery. Yep. And you were like the nicest guy ever. And I was like, this is, this some, something happened. This can't be the same can't guy. Can't be the same guy. This that can't be the same stole guy. Stole my two seconds of playing on yeah. the drum set. I was, I was up there. I, once I got up there. You were I, ready. I, and I you were slaying leave. it. So you, it was great. You were doing way that. better than I would have. I would have just I, like I don't know about that. been piddling around. But I don't know about that. I don't think that's true. 
<laughs> I think so. No, it was great. All yeah. I'm saying is like, yeah, it was just weird. And I was, I was thinking about it today. I, I actually like, remember that up. night being like kind of the turning point for me that on that boat. Cause I was not having a good time. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't say I wasn't having a good time. I was just it's like, weird if you're, yeah, I was just kind of bored and yeah. walking around, you know, whatever. But, um, I remember that being a fun night for me, but great. But Dean thought I was an asshole, but <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't even think anything of, of it after that, but yeah, you know, but I also cool. have never drank in my life. Um, so, so you don't know exactly what it can do to you. Well, I, I guess I was going to say that I remember everything always. Well, except for that's not completely true, but pretty much like everything. things like that. I just remember like, you're like, dude, we were talking 3am last night. You said you wanted to like, Oh yeah. Hang out. And, and then you're like, what, who are you? And then it's just that, that's see, you're right. And that's frustrating. And that happens that when that happens to me, I think it happens to everyone, but when that happens to me and I'm like the sober one and they're obviously drunk and you're like, mm. we need to do this thing yeah, together. Yeah. And then you never see him again. Yeah. Yeah. Very Until the next rock boat. Until the next rock boat. Yeah. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can completely understand that. But I mean, that boat, I met Carter, and then mm-hmm. I started kind of communicating with with uh, Carbon Leaf shortly thereafter that, because Doug was doing sound for Steven and gotcha. Carbon Leaf. Yeah. It's a great <clears throat> so, fit. It's a great fit. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. Two very, very different ways of playing and approaching the drums and uh but still very jesse yeah totally totally i mean this is more how i used to play mm-hmm. like louder you know rim shots on every snare hit mm-hmm. mo- most of the time yeah. and it's like it's fun it's really really fun and you kind of get to stretch out a bit and um but lately i've been kind of like trying to to hone it back and and play more more with the song and that's more fun for me now like mm-hmm. sometimes it was just kind of like i need to get all of this out you know and then mm-hmm. and then other times it's like i just want to play in the song i want to get really in the music and like in the groove and get into that state where you're just like things just happen naturally yeah. and you don't even have to think about it yeah <clears throat> but yeah you know. yeah i've been loving it every night thanks dude yeah dude what was your first boat I think this is our, like our eighth one. You guys are like rock boat royalty. We've done well, which is very nice. It's pretty awesome. How how do you guys like keep that up? I don't know. I mean, Scott, our singer, is a driving force in that, and he is. I mean, I think we all are, but Scott is embraces the boat like we all do. Obviously, he's the front man. You see him more and everything, but it's like we always. From the minute I joined Red Wanting Blue, it was like, how does the band look? How do we make everything special? Yeah. Like, and we were playing a lot of like terrible venues. You know, we started out, we'd play not in Chicago, but we'd play like all the suburbs of Chicago and yeah. maybe hit Chicago once in a while. And so you're playing these rooms that are like, they have like TVs behind you mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, so how do we, how do we disguise that into looking like a club? And so, we would put like black cloth up and then we, for a long time we had these um like uh pictures we got from goodwill and we'd hang all over the stage and it looked like every show no matter where you were it looked like we were in grandma's basement or whatever interesting and yeah. so we always kind of do stuff like that and i think that has carried over largely to the rock boat where 
our shows are kind of like themed <clears throat> and we do special events like we do this red wedding blue and friends set every year where every single song has different folks on it mm -hmm. which is like super hard to do and coordinate especially when you don't know some of the people but it always turns out to be like a really great event because it's like yeah. super fun for us to play well one of the biggest ones we play um where you want to go with um sister hazel and it's mm -hmm. like our way to give back to those guys who started this thing 20 years ago and it's yeah. just like amazing to like have those guys come up and it's like they're just singing a song and having fun but it's like means so much it's like the most moving part in in a song that's not very moving emotionally right but like doing that with them is like oh man we can finally like mm -hmm. give back a little bit and i think that's the thing is just trying to make everything special like always everything we do try to make the show yeah. special in some way and i think that's kind of what we do on the rock. That's how, you, that's how you know you guys are like <clears throat> hearts in the right place. Mine's always thinking about like, how can we make this like a better experience for the people that yeah. see us? Cause I mean, thinking of how the stage is and, and creating those, like creating your own environment mm -hmm. in environments that aren't necessarily conducive to a rock show for, you know, the band or whatever. Mm -hmm loud bars or restaurants or whatever it may be having like the vision and the the patience to like put things together and actually make it a thing for people because then people come in and be like oh like what's going on they really notice like it's a big deal right when I someone mean, puts that much effort into their stage and their show it's, a, it's, a, it's huge it's a big thing with the leaf where you guys do you guys call each other the leaf is it the leaf I'm gonna call you the leaf. I've I've never. I've it's never happening that. right now. All right, it's the leaf now. With the leaf, <laughs> it's not as good. But um, you guys, the, the light thing is a big thing. I know that the Lights first are big, time are big for us. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes such a difference, and yeah, it's it really like does. so sad that like that's like a thing that people take away from a show. And I've heard other people say like, yeah, I mean the song, the show is whatever, but not not about you guys. This, that could have been bad, but the lights were amazing. And it's like, it's like a, the Wayne coin flaming lips thing where it's like, do people even know any of the new songs for that band? Like I love the flaming lips. I've always loved them. I love Yoshimi and I love pink robot, everything, you know, but it's like that show is so much about the balloons and oh, the, yeah. this and it's that. And everything it's, other than the music. I think that's different than like the lights for carbon leaf is just a whole package of like you come in and like, it's so pro and we look up to you guys so much it's like such an honor to like tour with the band yeah. and just like, because it's like, I've, I've said this so many times. I'm like, like carbon leaf, don't like carbon leaf, whatever. But there should be a Rolling Stone article written about carbon leaf because it's like the band's been around for 20 plus 27, years, 27, 27 years. It's a long time. And largely self-sustaining. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I would say always self-sustaining. Dude, it's, it's amazing like For either of uh, uh, bands bands like our bands like i feel like your band is very similar in the fact that like you know you bring your own ears rig you bring your own you run your own xlrs your own stands like it's you bring everything mm -hmm. it's like you bring the rock show yeah you don't you like you go and you have to set it up every single every night. night for the people to see it and yeah. it's fucking hard yeah. ass work 15 people or 1500 same yeah. thing. Yep. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter which, what it is. And yeah. I mean, and you have to give 110% every single time. And yeah. there's times where you don't feel good and where you don't want to do it, but it's like, you know, that light show might make somebody come back and 
see us again mm-hmm. or, or tell a friend. And that matters a lot, very much still for, for bands like ours. Yeah. Um, but if you think of, you know, going back to the light thing, if you think of like when you go see a Broadway show or a musical or, or anything, it's the visuals. It's mm-hmm. not, you can't just have like a whitewash with just the band playing the songs because maybe not everyone's going to connect with the songs that way. But if you see something and, and it's set up and songs go into the other and like, you're really like taking people on a journey. Yeah. Then it's like, Oh shit, this I'm being entertained. Mm-hmm. I think that's just as important as oh, performing the music, you know? Yeah. But I mean, Scott, super entertaining front man, like, mm-hmm you're great to watch play and it's just it just all comes together you know it's awesome it's yeah. so cool i really hope we can work out a, yeah hey barry uh, if you're listening <laughs> scott terry carter john mark eric greg yeah jordan yeah jordan jordan i know he wants to do it yeah we i gotta mean do everybody it. wants to do it. it's hard it's hard it's touring hard. is hard let's talk about this touring is hard hard not as necessarily fuck. on our i mean yeah it sucks for us a lot of times <clears throat> sitting in a van for however many hours well i guess we both have bigger vehicles now but sitting in those vehicles stuck in traffic things break down you guys come and bail us out even on the short little run john you came guys over pulling pull- over after our yeah our tire, your tire explodes out, like-, like all this stuff that sucks but i'm just touring in general you got to get people to come out and now that we're all getting older it's like ah uh, man they're playing at like 10 o'clock like yeah i gotta i gotta work tomorrow i can't get slammed drinking yeah i got kids I don't want yep. to pay 75 bucks for a babysitter tonight and then pay 75 bucks to have a night out. What time do you guys start playing? I mean, we play at 9, 10, whatever. So we, we started last year, 8, 8.30. That's why I, I know you guys are at the, the early. It, Dean, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You're out like of the it. venue, you play from what, 8 to eight to 10? Yeah. Packed up, or you, you meet and greet and everything. You're packed packing up at like 10 30 yeah 11 on the oh, road on the road by 11 30 it's like it those hours at that time of night oh the, that time is so precious yeah it's so precious mm-hmm. because do you do who who drives late night for i you? drive always really no but a i lot. drive, you drive like, a lot i think the last like four or five days i pretty much is behind the wheel non-stop I really love it. It's my favorite place to be. Really? Yeah, I love driving. Is it just because you're you're kind of on your own up there? And no, see, that's different. You guys don't have a co-pilot normally, right? Normally, we do not have. A we co-pilot. always have a co-pilot. I'm dying to get a minute up there by myself because I listen to like some music, some ambient stuff, or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, or I listen to uh, uh, after the gig podcast exclusively right. over and over. Yep. But I uh, every episode over and over. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. There's lately, and we learned this from Carbon Leaf. I I don't know if you still do it, but there was times where you guys wouldn't drive late, but you'd get up at seven and drive, or maybe before you were in the band. But we, people we'll were like, usually we'll usually drive like an hour. It depends on how far the drive is. Like if we're going San Francisco to Portland, we mm-hmm. will drive th- through the night. Right, but right, anyway. right. You, when you have to, yeah. But there was a lot of times we were like, oh, we get up at seven and drive. And I was like, man, that sucks. Like we were like, oh, we drive till four, pull over for five hours and then drive at nine. And, and, and so at one point I was like, man, this is, it's getting dangerous. It's like with a bigger rig and everything, if something goes down, you're on the side of the road, it's four in the morning. Like nobody wants to do that. Like at least if you're seven, it's like, well, you're, 
nine o'clock, everybody's out and whatever, daylight. Yeah. So we started doing that. And I've been trying to do that every once in a while, especially on trips home and whatever. And I get like maybe an hour by myself up there, which I really love. But I just stole your question. You were asking about no. late night driving. I drive late as well. I mean, um, yeah, we all kind of drive a little bit. That's the thing I get mostly nervous about is is the after yeah. show drives. Because usually you know, you just don't know if you're not if you're if you're in your bunk and you're sleeping and you every little bump and every little thing scariest thing ever. Is scary. Yeah. Everything. Man, one the, time Doug hit a deer. I I've, I've heard dude, about that. And that swerve and the and you feel the brakes. The yeah. You just brace. Yeah. You just legs brace. are up. Legs are like completely spread out up on the the thing, like you just try to make yourself as big as possible, and like, man, that was that was scary. Yeah, I mean, scary. Um, Hit the rumble strips. That's scary. Yeah, you're like, scary. is this guy up over there? We uh, we used to have a shuttle bus, smaller vehicle, and the way Scott and I's or the way the air conditioning unit was, we had to sleep the opposite way. So our heads were going towards the driver's seat, which is immediate neck snapping. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> so it never happened, obviously. <laughs> you tap a guardrail uh, and you're done. Done. But um, I just have a little funny story about it. So Marcus, uh, our bass player, he would do this thing. We had this like kind of like a wall behind the driver's seat. And he, there was like a bench seat, and this is in the shuttle bus. Mm-hmm. And anytime anything was like sounding a little iffy or scary, like only like something's gonna happen, like we're breaking heavy, yeah. he would like um, turn around and put his legs up on it, like to brace himself. And he would be like, "I love you guys!" Like, with, <laughs> and he was notorious for never. You'd be like, I "Love you, Marcus," and he would never say it back because he was, you know, he's playing hard to get, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he, I don't <laughs> either. I'm I'm pretty tough when it comes. Yeah. To that, yeah. So, so he would. Put it, I love you guys. And it was always it was great to see. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That was just always a, a fun one. Oh, yeah, love man. it. Yeah, bus is scary. I want us. I want both our bands to to make so much money so we can just have tour buses. Yeah, and and great drivers mm-hmm. that just take us wherever we need to go. Be great. Comfy bunks. You know, preferably a, a bus that you can poop on. Yeah, we do. You guys poop on your bus? Yeah, man, it's made for it. Oh man, I gotta talk with the guys. <laughs> You're never gonna win that battle. <sighs> emergencies only, but emergencies. Only. I have because we got we <laughs> we got stuck in El Paso. Yeah, love it, it. it was the infamous oh, when I actually drove your other rig that's out right. to Kansas City. <clears throat> that's right. <laughs> I was... pooped on that van too. <laughs> <laughs> This is a regular van. Yeah. Oh yeah, I pooped in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's had to go. Had to go. Emergency. That's the life. Yeah. Oh my god. <coughs> yeah. When we got stuck, and the engine died. Yeah. I immediately went into like panic mode yeah. because I was like, you know, I'd never been stranded in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in Texas before, so I immediately got nervous. And when I get nervous, gotta poop. Poosiety. Gotta poop. Yeah, gotta poop every yeah. time I get nervous. That's crazy. So my dog's like that. Yeah, get in the water and it's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, anytime I'm in any kind of anxious situation, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Find a bathroom. Yeah. Um, but man, that was scary. And being <laughs> and having to sit in like behind the driver's seat in a wrecker. Yeah. With Barry, like sitting like really yeah. scrunched up on not real seats. Yeah. I think it was actually a bed. Yeah. Not 
super no. not super sweet for 90 miles <laughs> the things we do so you drove no barry went out and got our rig but you drove all the way virginia took, took a plane to richmond yep drove the van and a rental trailer all the way to st louis or no kansas city kansas city mm-hmm. then didn't even get to see you guys left the key under the mat shut it up got on a plane this is the best best thing ever it got to the kansas city airport i guess and was waiting for my plane in walks t- tim warren and mora his wife what they were going to a wedding somewhere and i was like kind of like i don't know how i'm going to get from because i was going to connecticut to go see brady blade and brian blade with the um hallelujah train which yeah. is with the um their father is a pastor they do a big service daniel lenoir plays um my buddy kurt leon kind of hooked it up at, at fairfield to have that concert so i was going from there flying back to connecticut tim warren walks in here we go so then uh flew with them on the plane to connecticut and uh or new york and then we drove down to the show but yeah man that was crazy that's great that's insane yeah. i feel like stuff like that happens to you a lot yeah world traveler you know world traveler you just yeah. get out there that's right with the people the people you just want to talk to them learn about them yeah man do we have time to talk a little bit more about something yeah what do you want to talk about well i just i, I want to touch on i, I tour i do some teching yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> Go ahead. So, what's it like? I'm what's... Sorry, I'm bringing this up. Is that it's... No, everybody it's fine. out there? I just, I'll just take like, that part out. To talk about I'll just t- Do you mind if I say a little bit more about me? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Brian Wilson. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Personal friend. Yes. Um, My boy, Brian. Your boy, Brian. Yeah. Does he know who you are? No. 100% toasty on that yeah. that subject. Yeah. yeah. What what what's it like being around him? So well, first know, of tell, all, I, just tell the people. I tour with the Zombies. Yeah. Um, they're a band from the 60s. You should totally check out their record Odyssey and Oracle. Among their still got the Hunger is a new record they put out a couple years ago. They're working on a new one. It kind of happened my my buddy Tom uh, we had the Red Warning Blue had some time off before a tour. And there was a, a position opening for doing some road work. And I was like, man, this sounds great. This band's legendary. This will be fun. Make some money. The road work on that level usually is financially very, very good. Yeah. Um, so I did that tour and have toured on and off with the Zombies um, for a while. I don't really tech for anybody else or do anything else, but that was kind of like a, you know, they're, they're family now. I love yeah. those guys. Um, but anyway, awesome. they, what, they, what a cool, I know I'm trying cool thing to do. They, they drive, they do a real small like crew and everything, but driving sprinters, like I'm looking back at my rear view mirror. There's Colin Blundstone, Rod Argent, Jim Rodford before he passed away was with the band. He was in the kinks for many years. It's just like, this is, this is insane. Like, yeah. how, am, how am I doing this? Like, this is nuts. Anyway, um, fast forward to they just did a tour with Brian Wilson it was something great from 68 tour um, they did Odyssey and Oracle and Brian Wilson did the Friends set from that record um, so anyway I got to be a part of that production it was just insane like the band is so killer like all those those players um, Darian Sahanaja who plays with the Zombies also is a Brian Wilson member hmm. and uh, a friend of mine now but also a great guy watching him play and everything. But um, yeah, just seeing those guys, I'm like walking in and, and helping my buddy Clark do some checking and, and, and literally three feet away is Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. What do you do? 
what do you even say? Like, what's the point? Like, well, first hey, of all, you say, "Holy fuck, that's Brian Wilson." Yeah, and then you put your pants back on. Yeah, <laughs> not what that even means. Um, <laughs> but then you, I don't know, you say hello. I'm, I'm, I didn't say hello. I am like famously bad at talking to famous people. It's great, famously bad. Yeah. You have it's a good just, one? Do I have a good one? Any good story about that? No, I mean, they're, they're, every story I mean, is the good, same. Bad story. Every story okay. is the same because I go up to them and be like, "Hey, man, I'm you know big fan. Yeah, you know, thanks." And then I just I don't know how to take it to a different level. Yeah, that's how you know the boat's moving when the doors start moving. Yeah, I saw Tom Petty. Uh, he was touring with Mudcrutch. We played on the same stage as him at a festival, like one or two bands before him, and he's my all-time favorite, Tom Petty, and. uh Saw him kind of milling around throughout the day. Didn't really talk to him. And then I was right after the show, I went backstage to walk back to our bus. His bus was right in front of ours. And he's on a golf court smoking a dube and our golf cart, cart, court, golf cart. Two. Yeah. They don't call golf courts, golf courts. <laughs> they call them. <laughs> he was on a golf cart course. Not a, nothing to do with the course. So the course was, you guys weren't playing golf. No. He just played a killer set with Mud Crutch. He's going off the stage. He's sitting on a on a golf cart smoking a dube. And I was about to walk up and be like, Tom, I'm such a... But I mean, come on. What do I have to... Yeah. Because you want to do something that separates yourself. You want to you wanna make an, a good impression. Yeah. And, and you don't just want to be some other... Because you're not. You know, you just, you just want to be... Go, hey, Tom, like, you know, it's all right. That's cool. Yeah, but I just chose to say nothing and left it at that. Um, it was just great to be around him, and that's how I felt about Brian. Never said hi to him. He he did sign a couple of my records, um, but uh, yeah, he's just hanging out. And you know, you don't want to have that bad experience because then that's the only impression you have forever is a bad yeah. experience with somebody. And and yeah. he's he's um, has some I think some social anxiety and about in those situations but he just loves to be around the music and everything so that's mm -hmm. why he sits on stage all day long yeah he has an exercise bike on the other side and he'll exercise over there while while sound checks happening and everything is he still writing and stuff i don't think he's really writing much he's still with it with a lot of stuff i think he's just kind of um how's the performance like is he, he, he has right? good nights and bad nights okay um but it's it's uh, someone kind of said it to me halfway through the tour and they're like you know you're seeing like to me it's like i'm seeing once again, Brian Wilson, top five, you know, smile changed my life. Yeah. I love him so much. But it's like he is one of the guys that made it. It's like Michael Jackson, drugged up, crazy, whatever is, you know, documentary aside, but it's like he didn't make it. Prince didn't make it. Tom Petty even didn't make it because the drugs of yeah. his hip situation. It's just like, but Brian Wilson went through 10 years of battling with the, the psychologist that was messing with his mind, drugging him up. Mm -hmm. And he made it. He's here. Yeah, he's here. So I think it's just a way of you getting to experience that music and see it, even though that maybe his vocal might be a little off on certain nights. Um, but yeah, it's like the highest highs and lowest lows during that set of just like, this is the best ever, and then just being kind of like just sad that we will lose him one day, and that's a sad thing. But Yeah. Everyone get, you know, we lose everybody someday. It's, it's like, I remember speaking of Petty, like I saw him a month before he passed away mm -hmm. on, on the 40th anniversary tour. It was, it was an incredible show, mm -hmm. but you just never know. Like 
and then you look back and you think yourself like, oh yeah, he kind of was moving weird on stage or like just something was like off or weird. Mm. But in the moment you're like, this is fucking incredible. I'm watching Tom Petty right now and watching Steve Ferroni play drums. So my buddy, Tom, who's, who was on Petty. (laughs) 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 Uh, My buddy, Tom Airy, who was on this, this podcast, great drummer. Um, plays drums for Peter Wolf mm-hmm. and they were opening for Tom Petty that night mm. and and for a lot of those shows and man it's very interesting to hear to hear Tom talk about Steve Ferroni and how like you know you think yeah maybe you're, you guys are going to talk about drums all day you know, hopefully he's like we hung out a couple times never even wanted to mention drums all he wanted to do was talk about diet and exercise mm-hmm. and like that's what all those guys were talking about and getting into. Like, wasn't even like, I don't think that most musicians talk about music like you or, or, or I would, or, you know, it's just like not the thing. I think it's more of like an age generational thing because like they created that music so long Mm -hmm. ago. So now, now it's just like, how do we keep this going? Yeah. And I think certain times if, if you're on the level that yeah. they are in a way I feel like you're like you don't talk about there's a whole thing you just skip over yeah and like, just discuss whatever like yeah like you come you come I, a certain place like you know that alright this person has the education so yeah or at least it's just kind of somewhere where it's like we're seeing eye to eye already we're yeah. moving past that or whatever yeah yeah interesting maybe I can't have those conversations with those people because I'm not on the level yeah it's weird I kind of have this rule that if I see anybody um, walking around, it's like I kind of have to be like playing the same stage, or mm. you saw me like yes. hitting the drums in some fashion. Yes. That that is like gives me a like, that. hey man, I really I'm excited to see your set or whatever. Like, yeah. and uh, if I don't have that, it's really hard for me to like. The rock boat's so good, good like that. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite people to see on the rock boat? Other than this year, Carbon Leaf, yeah. Carbon Leaf, Alternate Roots, one of my favorite bands of all time. It's funny, man. Like I haven't, I haven't gotten deep into their catalog yet. When will you not, see them live? Go see them on the Stardust. If I think they're playing, I will. And there I, at I, some point, it's it's usually been Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. Great, but, but I really want to see them play as a yeah. full band. It'll be cool. They have um, Jason Wexler playing keys with them yeah. on this trip, so that's awesome. And Kurt Leon, one of my favorite drummers. Who I met, for, which is crazy, who I met for the I first know. time today. Yeah, I mean, one of the... I watched... We were sitting next to each other watching the show. Loved yep. it. Um, but yeah, Kurt's like one of my heroes in a way. We played together a couple double drum gigs mm-hmm. together with the Alternate Roots. Really fun. and uh, But also just such an amazing player that it's inspired me so much he's another one that i watched a lot like for carbon leaf reference and stuff for yep. when you know he did did a few gigs with them or yeah. he might have even done i think he did like one big couple, tour, couple tours yeah. yeah or a tour um yeah man it's just like very musical playing to yeah. the song great sounds mm-hmm. sometimes i feel like i am just kind of like making one trying to make one sound work uh, with just the way I set up my kit, but I think I think I'm gonna kind of do what you do and put the 14 on the left. It's a 16, buddy. 16. You do 16, 18. 14, 16, 18, 14. 24. Damn. Come dude. on, baby. <laughs> big <laughs> drums. Those are big <laughs> drums. Yeah. I don't have anything that big. Nah, that's good. 
it's man do you wor- do you worry about having those those drums on the road nah, what man we t- i know we talked a little bit about it who the was day. talking about this was we, that were. we were but I, w- I feel like did you talk about this on a podcast too about like why take nice gear if you're not gonna play it or no maybe not, yeah, maybe I, not. well i, I heard to- i think i said like you know they want to be played you want to play them or whatever yeah okay but, maybe it was just that conversation but yeah man it's like what what else are they gonna do like who cares i know just but, like, take them out you're, I mean, so. Carbon Leaf, no one's using your gear every once in a while, maybe, but probably not. I don't think <clears throat> my kit, so my kit is brand new, mm-hmm. also polar opposite of your kit. Yeah. And man, I would vomit if I had a brand new come kit. Come on, man. <laughs> did you, did you even kidding. play mine? It's awesome. <laughs> no, no, they're great, but I can't get, there's no mojo there for me. You know what I mean? I need to latch on to something. Dude, there's something. You need to throw some gaff on there on the side of it, maybe crack it with something. I don't know. Do <laughs> he doesn't want to do, <laughs> do that. Let time do those things. <laughs> That's right. So uh, your kit, there is there is something about sitting behind those vintage kits. Yeah. And just like you you hit the bass drum and it's just, uh, yeah. it just like has this awesome like, it's, it's, got vi- some vibe. it's vibe every time you mm-hmm. hit it. And those toms, like we well, tune them super low, but. Yeah, really low. The toms like. Yeah. It's just like so good. And you can really just like get into the music you know yeah yeah oh, i love it's that nice sound. this is the first time we've made a record where i largely used a portion of that kit okay for the record um so it's cool to like that was a reason those songs went that way because of that kit and then that transferred like oh, i'm gonna tour on this kit which is sweet what were you using before that so using a yamaha stage custom from when like early 2000s or something Insane, right? Lame. That's what I played on Letterman, was a Yamaha stage custom. Did Letterman ask you if they were yes. your drums? He did? Yeah. He, he asked those rentals? It was rentals? I was like, no, they're mine. He's like, can I buy them? I was like, oh, no. He's like, nice drum head, because we had the Ohio drum, drum head at that <laughs> point. I'm from Indiana. It's awesome. It was at the extent of the conversation? Yeah, then he like turns around and... You're like, I don't know. It's like, I'm just going to smile. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. sure, let's make a deal right now. Yeah, yeah. That's just what I should have said. What was that like playing on? I've never done a show Pretty like terrifying. That. I mean, I don't know. I think we would have done, done it a lot differently if we did it now. Playing on TV is really hard. Yeah. We weren't using a click at all. We should have talked about that. We weren't using a click. We, we're talking. We're talking. Well, who is this, three hours now? No, we're, we said we're, we're go just like, over an hour. Oh, this is great. People are going to love this. You could probably do a sample of me saying, this is great, like 10 times. I say it. I make myself sick how much I say it. Dude. All right, so click track. You worry too much. Do you ever use a click track? I have. The first Ooh. time I ever used a click track live on stage was live on stage Oh, with no <laughs> rehearsal. Oh, great. Oh, right. Is this Eric stuff? Yeah, with yeah, Eric. Okay. First, first time... Uh, using it actually it wasn't the first time using in-ears but it was like the second week mm-hmm. and i i had just used them for the first time with steven like the week before flew out to ohio uh played great place it's a great place i played um i played express live oh great opening for um uh for matt nathanson love him aaron tap was yep. uh um and chris, Phil, chris lovejoy playing Yep, Chris Trump's? Lovejoy. Ugh. Love Chris Lovejoy. Love Chris He's one Lovejoy. of my favorite guys whenever he's in town. like Dude, he has that record we were talking about, Peaceful by Dick McGarvin. He has that record. Okay. 
full circle. I don't know. I don't know if if Matt's playing with them anymore, if, or if I think that band is together. Maybe he's just doing. I think he was solo. doing a lot of solo stuff, okay. and I think they're kind of writing for an- another record. But I know okay. that um, he was on the boat last year, and they've done some stuff. Okay. I worked with Aaron Tapp a long time ago. Did some recording, but I see him every once in a while. What's your bass player's name again? Well. Um, Totally blanking. Tall he's not with him anymore. Indian guy. He's he's not he's not with him. No. Okay. Gotcha. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't know. Not for lack of. He's doing some other stuff. Not for stuff. not being a great player, but he's, I feel like those guys both wanted to try something new. Yeah, we played with played with him years ago in uh, at Penn State, and he was like, really like, man, your band's more my style, and I was like, what? Like you're in Matt Nathan's band? Yeah, that's an interesting thing to say. It was really weird. Well, he also is a guitar player, and he was playing bass. Okay. So I think that was kind of weird. <clears throat> yeah, that is kind of weird. I um, I I remember really liking those guys. Great, really great liking band. those guys. Chris is so killer, and some of the best hair. Of, great hair, great shoes. He broke them on the rock boat last year. I've been looking for him. I think he's like an eleven or something. White okay. loafers. Vintage. He's another vintage man. Yeah, he seems like mm. one of those guys. Yeah. He has some Engelhart uh, percussion shakers that I'm really after. He's another shaker guy. Got a lot of good shakers. Got real classic good stuff. A lot of people don't know this side of drummers, like the collecting. The collecting. You got to have the right shaker. He's got ones that are like handmade by um, Engel. Do you know Engelhart at all? Percussion. It's like that Reka no, Reka thing I used. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he yeah, makes yeah. those, but he's kind of like, there's other people that make lots of those he makes like oh, i'm gonna make 10 of them and take them to revival drum shop and that's it okay and then i'll make some more later when i feel like it so he has some old shakers that just you can't find like man i need to find them gotta find the shaker yeah um okay click track what was were, it yeah click track. first time ever first time ever terrifying yeah i kind of loved it completely terrifying mm-hmm. i loved it like mm-hmm. playing to it mm-hmm. it was great yeah i i unlike a lot of drummers very good at playing to the click track. Mm-hmm. It's like never been a problem for mm-hmm. me. It's I heard very early on um, uh, Steve Jordan's DVD that he came out with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know, Steve Jordan plays played for or plays for uh, John Mayer, The Verbs, um, um, a lot of other people. Yeah. Anyway, Slayer. Slayer, <laughs> not Slayer. Well, I mean, he is a Slayer. He is a Slayer. Does not play does for not Slayer. play for he Slayer. He, he could do whatever the fuck he wants, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his DVD, he demonstrates playing playing to a click, and it was one thing that he said that changed everything for me. Ooh, what, 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 he was like, was "Give every note its value." play know where the end of the note is love it and play as if the click was in the band love play it. with the click don't keep up with the click mm, like it so that way you can play around with the time and and, and it doesn't make it as scary mm-hmm. and as soon as he said that you know when someone just says something and it unlocks like, oh, something wow in your brain? that makes complete sense yeah. yeah and just unlocks something and then you can just do it mm-hmm. um Another thing was like, play, you know, focus on your, on getting the kick rhythms right and, and making sure you're mm. not flaming with your hi-hat or whatever. That seems like, it might seem like a very easy rudimentary thing, but if you're focusing on your kick, when I started doing that, the hands just kind of followed mm. and it was like kind of easy after yeah. that. Anyway, 
Um, so playing to the click was very terrifying. And um, I remember the way it was set up, the bass player would trigger it. So he would trigger, I would hear one, two, one, two, one, two, three, four. It would be a two bar yeah. intro. And then if you miss it, like, you're like, well, you're, it's over. Yeah. And we were playing, it was a lot of tracks. Yeah. Um, or not a lot, but there was yeah. some, there was some key There's tracks stuff happening. There. Yep. But you guys use it for like the first song. I remember you said you try to do it for the first song to no, make I, sure the I, energy is. I think I'm the only one that would say that. I don't think. It just so happens that High and Dry has a, a trigger patch. Okay. I guess is that what you call it? I don't even the the dooga 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 dooga. It's okay. like a Nord thing that So we, how do you how do you set it up? How do you guys do it? Patch it in or like it's all going through the SPDS. It? Right. So are those are those tracks saved on the sample pad? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're all saved there. They're, you're not just triggering it from a computer or something. No, like no that. computer. Oh uh, Greg, I think sometimes when we do MIDI I feel like there's something happening over there at the computer. That's, okay. But that's yeah. for like one of his sounds. That's all sounds for the, we used to have three keyboards. Well, we still do if we play a couple different songs, but um, Eric would play a little keyboard MIDI controller. Um, Marcus would play one and uh, Greg would play one. So um, yeah, but everything's firing off the SPDS, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. So then there's not that whole like, because I yeah. feel like once you're in tracks, it's like you got to either go there or not. It's like it's yeah. too much to just pop in and out. So everything we use is pretty much sample-based. There's only two that we have that are really um, sample-heavy. But, yeah, I, I, depending on the night, what's on the set list, there's maybe four or five songs with click. But like I said to you before, like starting out with a song with the click, That's it's amazing. great. It just settled. You know, there's nights where you're excited. There's yeah. nights when you're sleepy. Mm-hmm. And like last night, after doing that entire run, we did the this pre-party thing, and it's like literally 600 plus people just, and it was a smaller stage, kind of a smaller room, just crammed up in there, and they're so excited, and so yeah. that gets you really excited. Yeah. But like locking it into the click, you're like, oh wow, okay, there's the time. Yeah. And I've always been a super like, like with timing things with the band, where some oh, it feels slow, it feels fast. That's always really bugged me because you're like, well, it doesn't feel slow to me and like should i be checking my tempo because you think it's slow right. but i don't think it's you know like that's such a yeah, thing then and you'll it, listen back and you'll be like that feels fine totally and if it was good. slow it's like great you know but yeah. if they're it's it's such a weird battle and sometimes yeah. the click ends it and i think um that that was something that i really enjoyed with the click is like oh man just kind of like settles that argument of like man yeah. it feels slow you're like well that's because you're really excited. Is there someone in the band besides you that like you have to play with to to sound in the music and in tempo when you're not using click? Like, for example, if you're playing with an acoustic guitar player, like that strummy thing acts as like a shaker, and you don't really want to get away. Oh yeah, of course. from that kind of thing. So like. You know, when I was playing with Steven, if as long as I was listening to it had his guitar as mm-hmm. loud as possible in my ears or whatever, I was never going to be off because mm-hmm. he's driving the ship. Sure. In Carbon Leaf, that line is so blurred. It moves around. It moves around. It's like some songs I have to lock up with John, but there's other times where I wish we were playing to a click with like some of the intros and stuff mm-hmm. because Barry will come in vocally and then want to like lay it way back and then i'm keeping time with what the fuck was that is that my computer yeah 
and then I'll be keeping time with with bass and guitar, and then Barry will want to lean it back. But I have to follow the, that vocal. You know, I have to make sure that you know he doesn't. We don't like lose him. You know right. what I mean? And then and then it's three guys trying to figure out who's sure. who to listen to. Anyway, right. is that does that happen with you guys at all? Yeah, I think we hit a, a certain point where it just in general with my personal confidence behind the drum set. Yeah. I think there was a early years we weren't using ears. It was still like playing weird rooms. And I don't know that I had developed what I was doing. And I think there was a lot of like, like I don't trust you or I'm, I'm, you know, like there's an ulterior motive behind what you're doing in this song or okay. something, you know, where now with the click with in ears, with, with just the, the confidence in general, which is something that, I feel like we're all like we could use more of when yeah. we're playing to feel that. But yeah. I feel like there's a level of it where I feel like I'm this is my voice and this is my thing and and everybody trusts that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's like there's a it's like they're gonna take my tempo. So you, you you're driving the ship. I th I think so, yeah. I mean yeah. um I mean it feels that like I have never I have never like heard you guys and been like, Oh, I wonder <laughs> I wonder who's driving here and right. like that's just never happened. Like I said before, it's like the parts are the parts and 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 the parts are being played. Right. And you never nothing ever feels like it feel yeah, it's great. Um but I don't know, it's just an interesting thing that happens. Because, yeah, with with the with the click it's great everyone's hearing it. Yeah. Um which is so clutch for the intro stuff which is so cool i mean it's like there's certain times where i even take more and more out because i'm like what am i i don't need to keep time anymore like yeah dudes are hearing the click is like, there a count off for you guys no count off we don't don't have anything that's like has to be i guess a there's certain one, time. there's one where i start a click and then i start the pad and that when i start the pad it's 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 go time so i'm counting it off by playing a fill into gotcha. the pad um and that hitting that pad will trigger the tracks for the rest of the song yep okay. and there's only one tune that has which tune is that we don't even play it we haven't been playing it's on the new records called when we choke okay yep there's only one that has like no and real thing those are two tunes that have like actual tracks all the way through we don't really play those very often yeah everything else is like sampled in real time with the click so it doesn't really matter hmm. But yeah, I love that everyone's pretty cool about playing on and off the click and still listening. I think they have a very small amount of click in their ears where yeah. I have, it's like, <clears throat> click, click. <laughs> blowing my head off. Yeah. Um, which, another well, it's thing. Hard, it's also hard to sing when there's a sure. like a click bashing your ears, right. you know? But it's a great thing when you can get to that level of like moving around it and also... Um, Using it to your advantage, I just lost what I was going to say about that. Um, yeah, it's just a good thing. Yeah, click is good. Click's I think a good they're thing. great. I think I was scared <clears throat> about it, and I thought it was like, a, don't let anybody know we're using click. Like early days of like, don't check your tempo, and you're like, well, what? Why not? Like, like, why not? Yeah. And so many people are doing it on a level of like, like if you want this to be consistent every night, like, yeah, why I not? I think if use you're doing your bit? diligence and and practicing to a click or whatever i mean you you're you're in control of four other dudes mm -hmm. so there's no uh, there's no shame in it i don't think yeah but oh well, clicks clicks man click, why not clicky clicks but yeah i think that was like the it's probably one of the only times i'd ever played to a click 
live was with Eric and it was great. It was a good experience. And I hope with these new tunes that we're doing that we'll have some tracks. I'll be able to bring my sample pad out and do all that. I would love to hear Carbon Leaf with a click just to hear what that would be like. like yeah. In a, it's, I, I felt like it was such a refresher for our band because it was just like a, and it's different if you just, if you're a drummer that just plays with the click and you're, and you're not. So it's a thing where it's, it's defining you like mm-hmm. the Steve Jordan thing where it's like, Oh, this is this click and tracks and everything are defining this sound. I'm just, right. there's so much music now that's like, dude, you barely even need to be there. Yeah. Quantize, you got triggers, triggers on everything and, yeah. and you're just not even a part of what's actually happening where I think using the click as like a, like an instrument where you're like, oh, I'm playing around it a little bit. Maybe I'm turning it off back on. Yeah. is a really great thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I should say thank you. What, uh, Innovative Percussion. I am endorsed by Innovative Percussion. Mm-hmm. Very good. Immedia Symbols. Your symbols do sound great. I am kind of jealous of your symbols. I'm not. Check them out. I don't endorse, You've got great symbols. I don't endorse any symbols. I just mm-hmm. kind of take what I can get. But um, those, that 24, man, you got to hook a brother up. Yeah, man. Tell him to be like, hey, this guy, make him a symbol. He'll give you the money for it. <laughs> And it hopefully it will be maybe like less, you know, the same amount of money that people that deals get. <laughs> <laughs> You're really selling it. And uh, I'll play the shit out of those symbols, man. Yeah, they're great. It'll be great. I was, yeah, media is great. I ordered a bunch of those and I've, the 24, I think I have three now. And it's like, they all sound very, very similar. They have a great wash to them. Yeah, great crash. Cool. They, they get out of the way when you need them to. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I'm still working on my my symbol yeah. situation. I love the the versi- or um, what's that word? Versatility. Yeah, of those symbols that you have, like the minor ones, it speaks really fast. Quick. Yes, it's, I noticed it's I really fucking light. Love that. Symbol. It's a great symbol. It's great. It reminds me of the Crash of Doom. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But it's but it's lighter. Mm-hmm. It's way lighter. So yeah, it feels so it doesn't take up so much room. either. Doesn't take up so much room. It feels soft when you hit mm-hmm. it. It's just like it just gets out of the way and yeah. like, like it's literally soft too I, I feel about that about your Karope as well the Karope is great mm-hmm. and there are times where I want to flip flop I think that would be a mistake <clears throat> it would be mm-hmm. and I've done it and it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've already done that trial and error yeah. and you know maybe the pool deck Tomorrow I'll try out. I'll, I'll put up my um, twenty four, my twenty three, twenty three sweet ride. Sweet, I know your gear, man. <laughs> we talked about it. <laughs> I'll put that up, and you'll see what I mean. It's like it has. Once you play those other like soft, like warm cymbals, yeah, and you put something else like that up, it sounds like you're playing like a ping ride, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like metal symbol mm-hmm. or something. And I just you know I'm I. I'm scared of that. I back yeah. I back away from that. So not my sound or whatever. But yeah. the bell on it for all those like ching, ching, yeah ching. those yeah. up upbeat you know there's it happens so in so many carbon leaf songs. What's the one? Um, <clears throat> Life less ordinary is a no. big one. Desperation blues. song no. is when I'm doing the big harmony. In What's the, the new one? The it's <clears throat> not blues suede. Maybe blues. Yeah. Um, did you, did you, do you do that? Oh, come Sunday morning. Yeah, 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 it's just doubles. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Nice work. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'll teach you, I'll give you a lesson sometime. 
<laughs> the media doesn't really have a bell. I mean, it's there, but it's very small. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but the thing you don't you don't use a bell all that much. There's times yeah, where you're riding, bit. but you ride close to the bell yeah, to get yeah. like a cool, more defined sound. Yeah, and it's like, like yeah, it's it's perfect. Dude, we didn't talk about rototoms. That's the oh, real gear. Dude, talk. all right, we should start a whole separate. Um, it's really funny because my dad wanted me to get rototoms when i was young he's like rototoms are the shit dad, like, you your know, dad is that's cool. lame rototoms are lame and then i saw dean play mm-hmm. rototoms man in was it uh um younger years mm-hmm. when you hit that like yeah yeah it's so fucking sick yeah it's good so that's good. a very choice road i mean i i always said if i bring these out they got to be like not just I do one big fill with them, but for the most part, it's like just a, a texture. It's another sound. I know, and it's so great. And no one does that. No one, to my knowledge, has ever really done that. Like they just always like do insane fills on them. That's yep. why they're like, oh, rototoms are lame because it's just like, yeah. Instead of like, oh, they actually I make really love cool sounds. The way you use them, yeah, they absolutely love the way you use them. And just, I think that's going to make a big difference in like. Did you have them last year on the boat? I did. Okay. <clears throat> so I would listen to that and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a drummer, but even in the music, it's like, that is such a different sound and a different mm-hmm. texture to use within a groove like that. Sure. To just elevate into other sections. And yeah. it's like, man, it's great. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. <clears throat> I have a, I have a six, eight, ten. That's the normal sizes. Okay. In a triangle formation. Um, but then I also have 12, 14, 16. 18 damn and the 18 came from charty okay um he gifted me an 18 inch floor tom very expensive very <clears throat> sweet sounding i've um yeah man they're amazing just the guy that people want to talk to they want to give stuff to those people are out there yeah and you're one of them yeah <laughs> gotta get some rototoms i'm gonna get some rototoms i'm gonna get have some the second ones. i get off this boat i am gonna get some rototoms yeah Stop by Guitar Center. No, <laughs> Craigslist Center. Yeah, Craig Craig Center. Market Market Center. Marketplace Center. Craig yeah. Craig Center Marketplace. Some old rocker rivet head's gonna be out there. Like, oh, I gotta get rid of these. I gotta, gotta pay child them. support or whatever he's doing. Yeah, definitely alimony. <laughs> <laughs> Those rotos are coming off the the rig that's been set up in the basement for thirty years. Yeah, and just won't Jesse's house. won't give it up. Yeah. Won't give it up. Yeah. It's going to be us. Yeah. Won't give it up. Just keep going. Just keep doing it. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to talk Uh, about? I think we we said we're going to talk for five hours, but. Well, this is the session. This is the first session. Oh, yeah, right. So it's what time? It's 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. right now. And um, I need to drink something. My throat is scratchy. Yeah, getting dry in here. Scratchy AF. Let's go get something to drink, some water. All right, let's go walk around and bother some people. All right. All right. See you. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, man. And that is it. That's my conversation with Dean. Um, If you have any questions or uh, just want to write in, say hello. Um, The email is afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Sorry, it's been a long day, and I am like... I don't even know what which way is up right now. So, uh, afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Check out the Patreon, please. Um, it's patreon.com slash afterthegig. Um, that's all I got for you. 
I'll see you next week. Peace. I